0: Thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to hear your word in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen, 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 amen. So uh, turn to the book of Luke uh, chapter 10 and we'll talk about choosing the better part. Choosing the better part Um, and and, uh, some of the things that God is speaking to us right now in this hour uh, have to do with choices in fact it's always that way Uh, we all make choices Uh, decisions are made Um, thoughts and ideas are weighed and we make choices we make decisions sometimes we have to choose uh, how we spend things how do we spend our time how do we spend our resources and our decisions are made based on uh, many things. Um, I think it, it's based on uh, what our need is. Oftentimes we make decisions based on uh, pressing things, things that are necessities, things that we think are important in life, uh, cause us, they feed, these. this type of information feeds into our decision making uh, at all times. But, how many of us are perceptive about our need for spiritual enrichment you know uh, and understand the signs uh, that we that would that signal to us that we need spiritual enrichment and so I think this story about the two sisters, Mary and Martha, is a um, a good study. In how we make decisions and how perceptive are we to our need for spiritual uh, edification and spiritual feeding. And do we take those opportunities to get ourselves fed spiritually. So here we see in in Luke chapter 10. I'm just going to read through it and then we'll go through and expound on it. Uh, Starting in verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples went on their way he came to a village where a woman named Martha had opened her home to him. I'm reading from the, from the NIV. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work? (laughs) You know, those questions where somebody comes up to Jesus and says, don't you care? (laughs) Don't you care about me? Don't you care? Um, I think they don't know how much he cares. You know, just like the disciples when they were on the boat Rowing, And they were frantically rowing trying to get out of a storm. Uh, They had no idea how much Jesus really cared for them. Because he was about to give his life on behalf of all of mankind. So he cared very deeply about them. He cares about all of us at all times. But it's interesting how we can base our perception on God's love for us. On what we see going on in our natural circumstances. So here you see a picture of somebody Martha who is so wound up in natural things that she misses that Jesus really does love her and really cares about her. She's so far removed from that revelation that she's so wound up and tied up in natural things. And so that gives you an indication of how the natural considerations of life can rob us of the spiritual benefit that we will get if we make right choices with right information for right reasons and right motives and so martha's saying lord don't you care that my sister's left me to do all the work tell her to come help me tell her to get up a little lazy thing and so he says martha martha you are worried and upset about many things <clears throat> but only one thing is necessary So we're going to talk a little bit about that and he said Mary's smart she's chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her so that's a big statement that's a big that was probably a big uh, revelation to Martha is probably a big slap in the face to her uh, to hear Jesus say that because of course she thought he was going to say well get up and help your sister I mean she's doing something that's really important and you're being lazy sitting around but how many times are we misunderstood as Christians because of the way we want to use our li- um, spend our time and, and use our resources and the choices that we make for God and so you here you see a situation where two people are in the same situation one chooses one manner of operation the other one chooses the other but somebody is choosing choosing a better part and so that's the way it should be in the life of all believers that we should always choose the better part and we should always know what the better part is and he says the better part will not be taken away from her so the better part to choose in all situations is what will not be taken from you what is it that you can possess in all situations that that will stay with you forever. In other words, what's everlasting? Are we making choices when we have choices to make? Are we making them based on everlasting things? Or are we making choices based on what's convenient, what's expedient, what's, what's fun, what's interesting, what's a diversion uh, from what, the better part is. Sometimes we do things like that and don't realize that we're missing uh, the better part that God has ordained for us. What has he ordained for us? What's important from God's perspective? So in, in uh, verse 38 you see uh, Martha opened her home to him. So she had chosen, already made the decision to be the hostess and so Martha and in, in that wasn't a bad decision to make it really wasn't uh, she had welcomed Jesus into her home uh, making him feel comfortable sometimes people traveled you know by foot long journeys and they would get tired and it was it was uh I guess customary in those settings where people a person who was peace loving and peaceful would be um, uh, offered a a meal hospitality whatever to just come and relax and make yourself comfortable in a person's home so she had chosen uh, to be a hostess for him. And she had decided to function in that role. So her decision had already been made to invite Jesus in and to uh, show him hospitality. No doubt, a meal was included in that. Uh, the other visitors in the home, of course, you know, wherever Jesus went, there were others disciples following him. So there was, could have been as many as a dozen or more people in her home at this time, and it was a big job, and it was something that took a lot of of uh, preparation and it took a lot of effort but why is it that Jesus would turn down hospitality as secondary to sitting at his feet and listening now we know the obvious answer but it wasn't so obvious to the people in that setting and so many times you see and and even Jesus later would rebuke uh, one of the uh, hosts for not Showing him hospitality when he came in, there was another Mary sitting at his feet, uh, you know, anointing his 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 feet and, and all of that for his burial, and he rebuked the host for not showing him any kind of hospitality when he came in. So hospitality was normal, but there w- there will be times I believe in our lives where we have to make a decision, maybe not to go the normal route that we would normal go- normally go for a better choice, and that's what God wants us to to do and understand. Is understand that there are better choices that can be made, even though after you've you've decided already to do something, you've decided to do something in in the service of God, and it can be a good thing to do. There may be a time where at that moment there may be something else that God has uh, for us and offers to us, and then we need to up the the uh, quality of our decision not that her decision was bad there was nothing wrong with it but there's always a higher quality decision that can be made sometimes uh, in these situations and so why do we invite Jesus in what do you think Martha invited him to her home and this has a lot to do with why she got stuck in her previous decision and couldn't shift out of that decision and move over into a different one and choose a better part like her sister did because if that Place was open to Mary. It was open to Martha as well, and so there's a reason here. I think that she got stuck in in her former role, uh, and in, and has to do with how people make decisions and and how we uh, appraise things and how we evaluate situations. Martha had already cast herself in the role of hostess, so she was the one responsible to make sure everything was taken care of, make sure all the guests had everything that they need and needed. She found herself kind of overwhelmed by the responsibility of it, and she perhaps in advance had gotten her sister Mary to agree to help with the hospitality functions you know the fixing of the meals and the making sure everybody was seated and and making sure everything went well it may have been also that she may not have been overwhelmed with the responsibility and this is another thing that sometimes people will will (laughs) do when you get in a situation that demands something from you you tend to look around and see who else is being busy and who else is doing something and you base a lot of your decisions on who else is helping, who isn 't helping, who doesn 't perform, who you know who walks off and leaves everybody doing everything all the time, who gets off easy, and so that 's a, a typical mentality. That people carry over. Sometimes from family life. You know sometimes you've been the, the kid in the middle. That had to do all the dishes and the dirty work. Because the older kid pushed you around and made you do it. And the little one was too little to do it. And you're you sick and tired of being the one that has to do all the work all the time. You know here I am grown and working for God. And got this holy man in my house. And I still got to do all the work. You know, you know what I'm saying. But she had cast herself in that role. The thing that we have to understand is that when God has called you to do something, there is grace to carry out everything that you're required to do in that situation, and then some. There's ample, and then some. And so you have to really find your place of grace in that situation and continue to carry out what it is that you're called to do you don't know Martha's motive now she's a hostess she may have been influenced by maybe the attention she got at the last party she threw you got me so you can get involved in things that are look look good on the surface and look like servanthood on the surface but really you've got a little ulterior motive in there you want something out of the deal you don't want to just serve but you want to serve with a flourish you know or with a bunch of fanfare or you know you don't want to break a sweat in other words and so Martha probably was that type of person she felt like she could do only so much but when it comes to really getting down there and and doing a lot I'm not going to do that I'm going to push it off on my sister uh, because she's supposed to be helping too when Jesus told her that she was bothered by many things he was you know looking at her state of pressure the pressure that she had put herself under by this and wasn't really finding grace to do the job that she had uh, volunteered to do she had invited herself in to do that job and she wasn't finding the place in God that enabled her to do it and I think that's very important for us when we do anything in God there must be a, a place of ease with which you can function in that role and that's grace that's the enabling power of god to do exactly what it is that you're called to do without disconnect without resentment without uh pushing it off on somebody else without watching what the other person does to see how well they do it all that kind of stuff there there is only enough grace for you to do what god has called you to do and do it to his standard and so there isn't grace to push things off on people that's when we get over into the flesh and we start getting distracted by what we see and we start getting feeling like we're we're not being honored we're not there's something in this that Martha wants for herself that she's not getting and Jesus picks up on it He tells her, there's a lot of stuff going on in your mind, lady. It's not just about this situation here, but there's other things. Sometimes it's, you know, here's my sister sloughing off again kind of attitude. Or uh, these disciples of yours are, you know, they come in here with their dirty hands and their dirty feet. And i got to take care of all of that. It's just overwhelming to me. And so many times we will speak up and volunteer for things. But when it comes time to carry through... (laughs) We find ourselves, you know, over in the flesh again, a little bit short, a little bit uh, unprepared, and a little bit overwhelmed. And this is where she found herself. This happens with people in many situations sometimes you you 've asked God to bless you with something uh, God, I want to have my own business or I want to have my own uh whatever it is. I want a new car, I want to do this and new that, and then when it comes time to pay the note, pay the bill we we don 't like that aspect of it, but there is grace to keep the same attitude about everything related to that situation if you will find that place in God where you can abide there and draw from the strength of god to do these things mary recognized her deficiency martha didn't martha felt that she was strong she felt she was capable she felt she was able she felt she could conquer the world and she goes in there as martha superstar you know Martha Stewart and so, <laughs> and so she goes in there with her $20,000 Birkin handbag and I still don't see how they get that kind of money for them things but anyway that's why they sent her to jail I think they just couldn't stand that about her but anywho um, but you know she was being Martha Stewart and, and she probably liked that role She probably had received many compliments uh, for her level of hospitality that she operated in. And sometimes we can get overwhelmed by our own good report you got me and get stuck in a role where we feel like we have to keep that going we got to keep that uh, about us keep that known about us like how can I top myself the last party was so wonderful how can I top myself this time and so Martha may have bitten off more than she could chew you know in, in the natural realm and so she finds herself stuck with her own decision to be the queen of hospitality and she has to cry out But instead of crying out to the Lord and crying out or or getting a backup plan with more servants or something like that. That would enable everybody in the situation to enjoy it. She decides to mess the whole thing up with complaining and accusing Jesus of not caring about her and all this kind of thing. And so we can find ourselves with the best of intentions starting out with the best of of uh desire to serve and to help and and the going gets rough you know what i'm saying gets a little rough Uh, i see that with people who you know you might see people who have served for years and then all of a sudden something comes up and they're overwhelmed they're like Martha they're cumbered about by many things uh, they've got a lot of stuff on their mind there's it's complicated now it's not as easy as it used to be and I think it's because many times people don't on a day-to-day basis choose the better part and I think the story of Martha and Mary has to do with balancing the better part your spirit. Spiritual growth and your spiritual development, along with your natural duties in serving the Lord, because if you don't bring all that together somehow and learn how to discern when it's time to disconnect from one decision and take time apart to be with the Lord, to get yourself recharged, refueled, refreshed, get yourself built up, get get your stamina. See, a lot of times we don't like to admit that that's what we need, and and that's lacking. In us we, we want to think that we can go on forever you know like the little train that could you know and that's us sometimes I think I can I think I can't well you're not even supposed to be doing that you're supposed to be doing it in the grace of God and empowered by God to carry out exactly what he's told you to do when the steam runs out you run to the feet of the master you see what I'm saying and so many times as Christians we don't understand those times and, and servants people who have really a servant's heart are are hard on themselves in this way you know and I think sometimes a little too hard on ourselves in this way because we somehow think that if we spend a little time with God to say to get a message or spend a little time with God to get what we need to go out and serve again then that's all we need and so Martha is a good example of you just can't live off bits and snatches of God's power to go out and serve and give it out because you'll get out there and you'll run out of steam in front of everybody and then you're in a place where you're uh, disrupting everything (laughs) you're about to tear the party up you know you're about to make a mess of everything simply because you don't know how to shift and make these decisions make different decisions so Martha's decision was already made she had cast herself in the role of a hostess she did not allow herself to alter that decision and this is where uh legalism religion a religious mentality can cause us to err uh and, and feel that what our error is not as severe as it is. See what we're doing is we're we're making that error. And we feel that because we're serving people. And we're doing this and we're doing that. It's okay to run out of steam. It's okay to make these errors. And it's really not okay. It's not okay with God. Because he won't get any glory out of what you do. When you run out of steam. You'll be embarrassed just like she was. And so it's, it's uh, it sends her to decision was already made and she had made a decision not to alter it and I think God was trying to show her uh, loosen up and lighten up on yourself you know that's really what Jesus was trying to convey to her Uh, don't get so stuck in this rigid role that you cast yourself in Uh, there's much more to this relationship with God than you think there is and I want to show you what the more is I think many times people get themselves bogged down in their own idea of what success is in God you see preachers that get burnt out uh, they say because they travel too much or they don't allow themselves times of refreshing and and then they wonder why they're doing it well I'm doing it because God called me to do it but can you modify that in some way uh, so that you can understand that God is pleased with what you do can you can you allow yourself to find out from God if he's pleased with your efforts you know I think sometimes people just keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going and and they never wonder how that checks out with God they never stop to think to themselves you know what God I'm getting a little tired this is a little routine for me I'm getting a little weary in this Uh, is it okay with you if I get a little weary and I tell you about it you know many people do not allow themselves the freedom of having Jesus as a friend. You know he's done this preaching thing already. He knows how hard it is to walk from city to city. And be uh, threatened and to be maligned. And all of the things be persecuted. All the things that he went through. He knows what all of that's about. And so you can talk to him as a fellow minister. And get an understanding and, and get, get refreshed and all that. Sometimes all it takes is a conversation with somebody who understands you. To refresh you, you know just just that blowing off a little steam, God, this is really getting tough here, and i don 't know my next move, and i don 't know where the money 's coming from, and i don 't know how we 're going to pay this, and all of that, and and just allow yourself the freedom to see yourself. Other than the great, mighty Martha Stewart that does everything, you know, to a T and doesn't make any mistakes. And, you know, it's the the faithful servant and all that kind of stuff. You know, well, faithful servant's a little overwhelmed right now. You know, faithful servant's a little bogged down right now. Faithful servant's a little tired right now. You know, can I stay tired in the house of God? You know, that kind of thing. And so uh, here we see her. She's not a bad person, but she's not really an honest person either, you know, when you think about it. Because there are some things that are uh, bugging Martha, and she brings her bugs into the, the ministry situation. And so it's good to leave the bugs on the outside so they don't get you bogged down. in your ministry doesn't get weighted down and weighed down in the, the process of your confusion, the process of your discouragement and disappointment and so uh, Martha we see her going at her usual thing she sees Jesus I think more as a personality and a guest but not a minister and this is probably where she's missing it Um, she probably doesn't really understand his mission and his ministry Um, you'll see that in John chapter I think it's John ten, where Lazarus is dead, and they called him to the house, and and he's raising him from the dead, and he asked Martha, uh, "Do you think I can do this?" And she says, uh, uh, "Lord, don't you know, don't go in there. He's stinking already." And you know, her her responses to Jesus' love and kindness, and and wanting to minister to her and get through to her, are just chop, chop, chopped, chopped, chopped you know apart uh, she just comes out of left field every single time she doesn't pick up on revelation she doesn't pick up on understanding she doesn't pick up on things um, and so in fact I think we'll go there in a little bit so I can show that to you but uh, you'll see a difference in the way she perceives Jesus and this is key in our ability to live a holy life, to live a life of service to God, a life of ministry, and a happy, and a joyful, and a fulfilled life to know him in all aspects of his character because he offers us that revelation of him he offers us to know him he says take my yoke upon me and learn of me i want to teach you the type of person that i am and of course he teaches through revelation he doesn't teach through you know just dry pages words on a book you know he teaches by revealing that to us You read that Jesus is a healer often enough you will receive your healing because that has to be revealed to you if he's a living God. If you read that Jesus is a friend you know you you might be going through your house discouraged one day and cry and call out his name and feel a tap on your shoulder. You know that settles everything. And so when we think about how he wants to reveal himself to us. If we cast ourselves in one role all the time. If we're stuck somewhere in one aspect of understanding him all the time. We'll never come up with the right answer. We'll never come up with the relationship. We'll never come up with the revelation. We'll never come up with the and then we'll sit and marvel and look at people who receive from God all the time with no problem with ease and we wonder how ah, they doing it. You know you stuck with that thing that religious thing of uh, they ain't no better than I am and they do this wrong all the time and I don't see how God can bless them like that well. They might have some they might be like Martha, she found something out. I mean like Mary, she found something out that Martha didn't know. And so these are the things that 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 God he wants to reveal himself to us. This is what Jesus lives for is to reveal himself to us. Even when he he points out to Martha her difficulty. That's an open door for her to respond in a way that allows him to help her with that difficulty he's not pointing the finger at her in an accusatory way it's more of an observation than it is an accusation and so we see that Martha is kind of shortchanging herself because she's cast Jesus in a certain role and she can't get him out of that box that she's put him in so she sees him as a guest not a minister certainly not the messiah because we'll see that over in in John 10 when I get over there but Mary saw him very differently yes he was a guest but he also was a teacher who always taught the truth and so that was hard to come by so here she sees, Mary sees this as a rare opportunity she sees an opportunity Martha sees a situation and Mary sees an opportunity Man, So when you see opportunity, that's something that motivates you to take advantage of the opportunity when it's there. Opportunity, what was her opportunity? Well, she's probably seeing an opportunity to satisfy a longing in her heart. The men were not in the place that she occupied. Uh, usually uh, when a rabbi was teaching... The students that he had called, the students he was commissioned to teach, sat around him on the floor. Somehow, Mary gets a seat down there. She's not one of the disciples. And it might be one of those situations where the disciples are over in the corner arguing about who's going to be first, who's not. <laughs> huh? But they're missing from their place of opportunity. See, there are many times when God has called people to opportunity, and they're missing. And the people who see the opportunity and seize it, huh, they are the ones that. Take it. He said, "The kingdom suffers violent. The violent take it by force." So Mary sees an opportunity, and she says, "I'm going to sit here because this man is talking, and nobody's sitting, nobody's listening. I'm going to choose to let go of what, because I may not get this chance again." Jesus had already been preaching about being betrayed and being put to death, and she feels that this man 's telling the truth, and he 's not going to be here forever and so if the disciples don 't have enough sense to come and sit at the master 's feet and hear the sermon i 'm going to hear the sermon amen i 'm going to hear the sermon. How many people have have been converted and uh and God do great things with them because they heard a sermon uh, that they weren't supposed to hear. Uh, the woman, uh, there's so many of them in the Bible. The woman with the issue of blood. She wasn't supposed to be out there. She heard of Jesus. And and got herself a place in the, the canon of scripture. Because her faith was so great. Because she she pressed beyond the norm. She pressed beyond the religious standard of the day. And used her faith. Developed her faith to get where God wanted her to be. And this is where Martha is. She's uh, Mary. I'm sorry, Mary is. She is using her faith to get where God wants her to be, and that's at a place of revelation and understanding Jesus as the Messiah. So these places of revelation, where God reveals Himself to people, are the places that we really need to seek to be. We don't want to seek to be uh, a number one, this or the most, the biggest, this or the greatest, that. Uh, leave that. Position. Position for the great One who is the Lord Jesus Christ, don't contend with him for a position of greatness. Just desire to be faithful to what He's called you to do and, and take care of these opportunities. So this may have been a fulfillment of a prayer. For Mary as well. This may be something that she's always desired to do. But she never had an opportunity. The men were always sitting there. You know grumbling and complaining. John sitting on Jesus lap. And you know and all that kind of stuff. And they're schmoozing up to him and everything. And so here is an open door for her to sit at the master's feet and really learn. It's it's. To me, interesting, uh, an interesting position, because oftentimes if, when you're in the presence of a prophet, if you're close to them, they'll begin to read the needs of your heart, and so those things get spoken to, and those things get preached to. So she knew that whoever sat there, you know, as the quote-unquote teacher's pet, was going to receive the goodies, and so she gets that place, and it's a humble place, but it's an honored place too, because then Jesus is obligated to speak to her need so she may have always desired to sit and listen perhaps she felt she would not have that opportunity again and this is something that we all need to be aware of that that there are times when the door of opportunity will close uh, if we don't respond to God the way he wants us to respond and so when when we add everything up we can see where Jesus why he said she had chosen the better part that would not be taken away from her. What is the better part? Well the better part is revelation. The better part is is when God reveals himself to you. He unveils something to you. He comes into a place in your heart and your mind where there was darkness before and now there's light. And so he is able to build on that light. That light really belongs to him. And, and he's able to increase that light. He's able to embellish on that light. But that light never goes out because that light is him living in you. In a, in a way, uh, in a way that, that is, is uh, peculiar to your relationship with God. And so he will always draw from that. That'll be something that he will use in the future to locate you, to bring under greater understanding to you. It'll be a building block in your faith. It'll be a, a, a pathway to greater light. all of those things and that's why it's a better part because once that's imparted to you, that doesn't go away. Now you can walk away from the source of the light and not have it grow and not have it serve you the way God wants it to serve you. You can be crazy and just pretend like you you never received anything from God. But that light is still there. And he will use that light to draw you uh, sometimes in your darkest hour. Sometimes when you think God, because of the way you've treated God, he's going to treat you bad too. And so he'll use that light, that impartation that never goes out. It never. It's an eternal thing that's imparted to you. Now you can walk off in the flesh and pretend like you never had an encounter with God. but But you have had one. You know, if he's revealed to you who he is and in you do, he dwells in you that light is still imparted to you it doesn't go away and so god begins to he'll he'll begin to rekindle that uh at different times you know you'll see people that, that want to go and say they they don't want to serve god anymore and maybe they're angry that they didn't get something from god you know it's the saddest way to live uh because there's so much spiritual enrichment that comes to us uh, just by knowing God um, there are people that uh, wouldn't dare fall out with God over anything material you know um i was uh, reading that uh, book that someone rec i think it was ls another one of the books he recommended two books to me so i was reading this one it's a story about uh vietnamese christians and how they have to live and they live a very very persecuted life i mean they, they have <laughs> they have uh government soldiers that come to house church meetings uh, sometimes they're known and sometimes they're plans to see if you pray in the name of Jesus. If you lift up Jesus. I mean it's it's horrible persecution. I didn't hear of one person falling out with God about not receiving a material thing. You understand what I'm saying? It's just it's so far removed from what we consider to be devotion to God. What we consider to be uh, the gospel or, or life with God or anything like that. That they all are, are understanding the great spiritual blessing that it is to them. To even have eternal life and to be able to impart it to others, uh, they will risk their lives to go and, and share the gospel uh, with another house meeting or something like that. You know, there are times where people will, will uh, there was a situation where the gentleman said that he had been invited <coughs> through the, there, it's an underground church. And he had been invited to go and minister at another church. And they had heard that the the um, um, guards were coming. You know the government soldiers were coming to inspect the house. And he said that they had little lamps that they would light. And so when the guards, they knew the guards were coming they put all the lights out. And there were people that were in the dark all night long just waiting for the minister to get there to share Christ with them he said that the the way that they have to light their homes they can't use a lot of light so they will use um, some kind of uh, accelerant you know like a kerosene or something like that but it's not Purify, refine, like we have, and you know. And so he said, when people would come out from the house meetings, they would be, their faces would be black, covered with soot from the from the residue from these lights. But he said they would stay 24 hours a day, as long as they could stay, and hear the word. They're willing to stay there, and then that word sustains them until they can get the next minister there who can share more about Christ. They're so hungry for the things of God, and so it. It's amazing the sacrifice that people will um, make to get the right thing. You know it's the right thing that you want. You don't want to just look at God's hand and if his hand is empty toward you but he's offering you to come to him. You know, empty hands to me sometimes mean more than full ones. You know, if God opens empty hands to you, He is offering you Himself. And so when we look at that and we see how uh, people will be angry with God because you know they lost a, a car or they you know lost a home or you know there are a lot of people lost homes. In fact, there was uh, you know uh, over four hundred thousand repossessions in one year. And so it's not like God is is punishing you for something or He's not going to come through for you. Uh, you that's just something you have to endure so that your faith can get to the level where God can bless you with something beyond where you're at now. And so before God sometimes can can get people to understand those things, they quit and move on to you do nothing. You know what I'm saying? They're not doing anything. But still, God has that light of himself. If they've ever been born again, they've got a little bit of light in them so he can rekindle that and draw them to him, uh, sovereignly. It's best if they can repent and get themselves straightened out and understand God isn't their servant. He's God. You know, he doesn't have to, to do anything for you, uh, you know, outside of what you're able to believe him for. Uh, God has his rules and regulations and expects everybody to live by them people who are blessed by God live by his rules they're not slipshod people I don't care what we may think of them sometimes but they are living by the laws of God and so what do we need from Jesus you know Martha chose to serve and to hope maybe to impress him by serving we don't impress him by serving unless it grows out of our hearts of love and faith toward him and so God is is more impressed with our desire for him than he is by our doing even though he expects us to do what we do according to his his word and and according to faith so when she chose that part she chose to be the servant but she wasn't able to follow through on it We need God's help to be able to follow through on these things and she didn't understand that part of serving and so she was kind of left high and dry. We need to ask ourselves these questions once we have um, uh, um, agreed to serve God. Are we ever willing to change our thoughts about him? Or change our direction? Are we willing to change how we view ourselves and our role when we are in the presence of the Lord? And this is what Mary did. She totally changed. She was probably in process of helping her sister. And she said, you know what? I'm going to sit down here. I'm going to listen to what this is interesting, what he's talking about. And so I'm going to sit here and listen to what he's saying. And so... if we will change how we think in the presence of God we'll always choose the better part and it will not be taken away from us when God calls us to a period of seclusion with him we need to take him up on that that's a a unique call and that's not something that uh, he does lightly he understands our need for that he understands that he needs to do something for us and, and in us and so we need to sacrifice Everything. Reputation, angry sister hollering at us, you know, upsetting the whole hospitality flow uh, because we need to sit there and choose the better part. And so when we are uh, in the presence of God. Surrender to his word. Then we are changed. That is an impartation and a revelation that changes us totally. You can't get that all the time. So we are changed by his eternal presence and his word. And this is the better part. Because that change in you. That impartation in you is worth everything. That is what God wants to do with all of us. This is why sometimes we, we stay stuck in a mode where we keep can't get beyond making the same mistake over and over again i uh, can't get beyond being angry at uh you know a spouse or a family member somebody that we think won't come to god you know and all this kind of stuff and judgmental and so forth it's because we really need to to let ourselves be invited and welcomed into his presence so that he can minister to us and help us through these difficult times it's not just memorizing some scripture and taking the word on a page and meditating going over and over and over and over again in your mind you know that's better than not doing it but jesus is alive he's a living savior and if we can sit with him in worship and fellowship and and take partake of his living being instead of just going after certain things that talk about him but if we can talk to him and be in his presence and allow that presence to minister to us shed away some of the things that need to be shed away you know martha didn't take him up on that invitation i felt like that was an invitation right there where he pointed that out to her because so many people have had that interaction with jesus in the word you see the uh, the woman that wanted her daughter healed his interaction with her he told her that it wasn't good for them to take the children's bread and give it to dogs and and that kind of stuff but in that interaction he brought her to a higher level of understanding him and a higher level of faith it was a a prime opportunity for that lady to come into a greater revelation of God and thereby receive what it is that she needed from God and in Martha didn't get that that wasn't the end of her story right there. And so it's, and I think it's because people don't see that as an invitation to come closer to the Lord. Once your your difficulty is revealed, that's an invitation to come closer, it's not an invitation to to cover up and run away. And so oftentimes that's what we do in the presence of God. We cover up and we run away and we pretend like we don't have a problem, we pretend. And here Jesus has his revealed all this junk to her and nothing comes as a result of it or appears at nothing uh, good comes as a result of it you know why didn't she say oh master I'm so sorry I've upset everything here with my burdens and, and you know he could have invited her to come and sit too You understand what I'm saying? It's, you know, boys move over. It's girls night at the foot of the master. You know what I'm saying? Anything like that because he was willing, he's always willing to reveal himself to us as what we need right now. Right now she needs somebody to help her get beyond her confusion. She needs somebody to help her understand what the better part is all about. It's not about being lazy and leaving somebody stuck with a lot of work. It's about seizing the opportunity that you have now to release yourself from your burdens. You know. Come unto me all ye who are like Martha. Martha. Amen. Heavy burden laden down with it. <laughs> learn about me and come and sit here and learn about me. This is your opportunity. And so she missed the day of her visitation. She missed her opportunity because she probably just, you know, went around pouting for the rest of the night and throwing things around. And you know, they had a heck of a meal—goulash, <laughs> hash, or whatever it was. By the time she got through throwing stuff around. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. It wasn't being offered there. You got that right. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> But anyway, it, it's just a, a way that the Lord has in helping us, revealing what's blocking the flow of love, revealing what's hindering us from being all that he wants us to be and all that we really desire to be. Martha wanted to be a standout hostess and she could have been but she allowed her her feelings of probably inadequacy her feelings of weakness all of that to dominate instead of allowing herself to, to sit at the master's feet and get refreshed That the whole thing could have turned out different if she had come and taken a place there and sat and, and let Jesus minister to her help her get her to understand what it was that was necessary at that point you know what Martha is necessary for you to drop what you 're doing and come and listen to this because this is something that 's really going to bless you and it 's going to help you so uh, Martha becomes frustrated and and uh, you know she lets that frustration carry uh, that whole interaction with the Lord and there are times when we 're frustrated and we don 't sit and listen and understand the better part you know many times we don 't want to hear from God because we always assume there's something, there's something wrong with us that can't be corrected. You know what I'm saying? We just, if we just hide it for another day, he won't know. I don't have to confess nothing. Let's just keep going. Though. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, we do that kind of stuff. We, we think he doesn't know, doesn't care, and doesn't have a remedy. But he knows, and he cares, and he has a remedy you don't know but mary might have had the same problem before she sat down at his feet you don't know what her mental condition was <laughs> she probably said oh lord here's her sister about again let me get it straight now because <laughs> jesus will know amen so i'm gonna sit down and take my medicine so but uh you know <clears throat> We want to uh carry out our own agenda many times instead of God's agenda. Sometimes it's been so long that we checked in with God about you know, where we're what we're doing, where we need to go our next step that we've totally written off any input from him. And so we need to come back to the place where we can just sit it out, let God do what he needs to do and and straighten out our little agenda. So Mary's cumbering herself with many ideas and thoughts and desires. She's anxious and troubled by many things. And that's what usually happens when we don't get that refreshing from God and we don't acknowledge his presence. The problems in your head multiply and grow. They'll get to be overwhelming. So she had a lot of problems and tried to cover them up. But they were exposed in his presence. And that's one thing we need to know. That what's really going on in us gets exposed in his presence. And so when when she was recognized this, it appears that she didn't take the master's invitation to come and get ministered to. She just allowed that confusion to grow so revelation is the part that cannot be taken from us we said that and when when Christ reveals himself to us then this is something that that is the better part we'll never lose it it'll be a lasting uh, relationship a lasting impression it'll be an impartation if we have too much on our plate God will cause us to clean the plate just wipe everything off and and spend time with him Uh, in this day and age we have so much we have job, family recreation, me time you know whatever it is it crowds, it starts to crowd out that freedom that we need to have in our souls that that soul that blesses the Lord at all times is not encumbered with what we have to do and uh, you know I, I don't have enough time to spend time with God and you know all this one minute Bible and uh, instant uh, meditation in the word kind of thing you know it just isn't isn't helpful and it isn't uh, needful for us so we need to learn how to choose the better part and really that part Heart is what God has ordained for us. It's not something we can prescribe ourselves. And oftentimes it's not the same old, same old that we always do. You know, there are times where we, uh, even your, your uh, endeavor, to spend more time with God can get to be a ritual, you know. If God's not present, active, and alive in it, how do we get God active and alive in it? We seize an opportunity. We see Him drawing. There's a drawing that He will will do sometimes to draw us to Himself. Sometimes it's the Holy Spirit speaking to us to, to you know. You'll get an idea. You know, what? I should read my Bible right now. I should up you know and open it up to to where God leads you to open. Up it up to those are the choice times those are not the uh, the ritual times those are the times where uh, God is speaking to you personally that there's something that you need in this right now for you there are times where we don't you know we you can think back when you were first saved and you always had a problem, you know, you got that little uh book, uh it was uh um uh categories, you know, where if you have fear, if you have doubt, you know, <laughs> pain and sickness and you wouldn't you looked yourself because you knew where you were. And we all know where we are, you know. But as you grow and older in God you tend to look yourself up less. It's true. I'm sure you do. And you can look yourself up just like you used to with the little promise thing or you can be mature and get your own version of the Bible. But you need to be looking yourself up because you need something from God every day. You don't ever get so mature. In the Word and in the things of God, that you don't need to look yourself up based on your doubts, your discomfort, your your uh, fatigue with waiting, your impatience with God, your questioning, uh, when is this going to happen? What am I going to do? How is this going to? Those things need to be addressed in the throne room. They really need to be addressed to God. Sometimes God will have mercy on us and have somebody address those things to us somebody will come up and share something that uh, hits it right on the head you know it just kind of knocks you for a loop a little bit and that's a sign that God is saying you're kind of overdue for a checkup. you know a tune-up a check-in or whatever it is that you're supposed to do but but you need to spend time with him choosing the better part Things that won't be taken away from you. Uh, Things that will, will leave an impression in you that will always draw you back to that place of revelation. And that place of understanding. God doesn't want us to get so far away from that that we neglect it. See, it's just like Martha neglected being in that better place. So, uh, when God tells you that that it's time for that, it's time. You, You know, we've all been told recently to expect this place of restoration. This place of revelation in God. And we need to seek that place. You need to daily seek that place. Because these are opportunities like Mary had. She didn't know if that was going to come up again. That spot. She had a good spot right there at the Master's feet. And she didn't know if that was going to ever come up again. So she seized it. She took it. And this is what God wants us to do with these opportunities. To get refreshed. To get built up to get understanding to get revelation he wants us to seize these opportunities uh, so that we can can do what it is uh, that he has ordained for us to do we can be equipped we can have joy in it we can know we can have confidence in it know that God's chosen us and he's equipped us Uh, there's no better feeling than to have a confidence that God is with you in everything and so he wants us to to be that close to him on a continual basis that we'll know the comfort of the Holy Spirit you know not him patting us on, on the head like you know children that can't do anything but when we talk about the comforter somebody who strengthens us and and pulls us up and with him and is with us in all things and so we have to get to that place where that place is comfortable for us that place is familiar to us and and we feel the comfort the strength of the holy spirit the the um, uh, boldness uh, to confront what we need to confront with the expectation of success in that uh, not that we're being thrown to the lions and we don't know what's going to happen but we have an expectation of success when we come through these things and that comes from choosing the better part there's a, a revelation of God there's an impression that you get of him uh, there's a, a uh, the fingerprint of God is on your forehead that, that you belong to him and that you're singled out and separated as one of his sheep and, and he's with you he's leading you and guiding you so there's great protection there's great confidence but there's great a uh, knowledge of your ability to go forward strengthened in these things and so this is a, a good indication of how God will help us to get to the point where he can reveal himself to us uh, Martha Mary sat at his feet and received something that Martha really didn't understand. And this is the other thing about your relationship with God. And and where you're choosing to take that time with him and choosing to come away with him. Other people will not understand it. And it's not for them to understand. It's something that you take with you personally. And it will be needed by you. In days to come, it, it'll sustain you. You'll be the person who's being sustained, and the other person is kind of falling apart because they don't understand the importance of uh, taking these opportunities to come away with the Lord. I think we're in a great season of restoration right now. I think we're in a great season of, of coming apart to be with the Lord where, where we've got to seize this opportunity now uh, because it may not come again. You know, it may not come uh, in the way we want it to come and it may not come in a way where we can have that time to be strengthened in God and so I think this is a a good time for us to to do that Uh, I'm going to turn over to John 10 I think that's the right chapter and we'll talk a little bit about Martha her mindset and how she kind of viewed things as something that's a little different you know you might get an understanding and then you'll know how to to fight these things when they Come into your mind, uh, and and how to fight this kind of like rigid kind of legalistic religious mindset, and uh, people. And sometimes people pick it up. They'll drop one religious revelation for another one. You know, and so you have to get in the mindset of choosing the better part. You know, making sure you include Jesus in it as living and alive, and uh, and so forth. So I think it starts in. Uh, I'm sorry, it's John eleven. Uh, Verse 1. And now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Martha. Mary and her sister Martha this Mary whose brother Lazarus now lay sick was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair so the sisters uh, sent word to Jesus Lord the one you love is sick so they have sent a message to him he's been at their home and they feel comfortable calling him uh, to heal the sick their sick brother when he heard this Jesus said this sickness will not end in death no it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick he stayed where he was two more days so once Jesus hears your prayer he answers it right then He's not going to answer it in two days when he gets there. That prayer is answered right then and right there. Because they have his word on it. When he says the sickness is not unto death, it's for the glory of God, he means that. So your prayer is answered right then. It's like when we pray uh, for healing. The symptoms don't go away right away. But you can walk in confidence that those symptoms will disappear. Because you've already prayed and received it when you believe when you pray believe that you have it and you will have it. Because it's given to you already. It's not something that that he will give when the symptoms disappear. It's given already at his word. And so he says that it, is, it won't be unto death. He said yep. When he heard that he was sick, he stayed there two more days. Then he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. But Rabbi, a short while ago the Jews tried to stone you, and yet you're going back there. And Jesus answered, are there not twelve hours of daylight? A man who walks by day will not stumble, for he sees the world's light. It's when he walks in the night that he stumbles, for there is no light. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up so Jesus does not see Lazarus as dead he sees him as sleeping waiting to be awakened and he says his disciples said Lord if he sleeps he'll get better just let him keep sleeping (laughs) Jesus was speaking of his death but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep so when he spoke to them plainly Lazarus is dead And for your sake I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. So the big picture is what people who are asking God for things don't see. Jesus is trying to put Lazarus in the place of a bigger picture of what God is doing. There's always a bigger picture folks. Now I don't want anybody to think that they're suffering for God's glory. That's not what it's about. But there is always a bigger picture that is going on. One of the things that I know God did with me through healing me from mental illness is he gave me uh, an impartation of healing faith. And so that's how your your healing ministry grows. Now if I had not said that, I wouldn't be praying for the sick. But the fact that that was imparted to me out of my own personal need Then I received that, you see it with all, Amy Simple McPherson was healed. Her husband died, but she, God healed her. John G. Lake was the only one in his family that survived all those family illnesses. All that, you've got to understand how God does things in the bigger picture. bigger picture is if you will take that back to God and let it grow, he'll give you understanding. That's why he spoke to all of those people that got healed, that he healed. He told them when their faith was, your faith did this. It's for them to use that as a stepping stone to greater ability. It's the big picture that he's trying to get people involved in. His teaching always brought them into a bigger picture. He says, uh, so he told him plainly, Lazarus is dead. Let's go to him. Thomas said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. So they don't know what's going on. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. That's all I can say. I'm sure on the day of Pentecost, everybody cleared up a lot. Verse 17, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem. And many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. So here we got the funeral. Yes, the ones who made the casseroles. (laughs) It's probably the same casserole they keep passing around there. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed at home. Mary stayed at home. Mary's walking to the beat of a different drummer all the time. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, Martha's in a panic. And if you ever had somebody in your family that's... A drama queen, you'll understand staying at home and not getting involved in a drama. And so, this is probably the relationship these two have. Mary stays somewhat separated from Martha, so she don't get involved in her shenanigans, you know, because she knows Martha's up to something. And so, he says he had already been in the tomb four days and so forth. And Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, "If you have been here, here we go." Complaining again. See? With Martha, there's no room for faith. There's no room for believing. There's no room for waiting to see what Jesus will say before she. And see, she's typical of people who look to God only for natural things. They're so tied into the natural realm. They don't see anything supernatural. They don't see anything spiritual. They don't put Jesus in his proper place in their life as being Lord of both realms. He's Lord of the realm of the spirit and Lord of the realm of the natural. But you have to let him tell you which one you need right now. See? Martha chose the better part because it was time for spiritual impartation it wasn't time for natural considerations uh, I'm sorry Mary but Martha's constantly over in the natural realm over in the carnal realm and he said she said if you had been here my brother wouldn't have died but check this out but I know that even now God will give you what. Well. Now, see this is a religious answer uh, this is going on but You know, it's it's, it's something to clear herself up so that she doesn't look like the unbeliever that she is. And that's how religion operates. It operates in a statement and a but. But is a way to release them from responsibility of what they just said. See, So she doesn't want to own what she just told him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. She says, I know he'll rise again at the resurrection on the last day. See she's just a a religious parrot. She's just parroting words that she's heard him preach. From the little bits and snippets that she's heard him preach. Instead of sitting at his feet and getting a revelation of who he really is. She's grabbed on to religious phrases. Religious little things. This a little bit of this a little bit of that. TV is full of. Christians who claim to be Christians that aren't really living for God who do this. They give you they've heard enough a little bit about enough of something to throw that out there to see if they can throw you off the track. And so Martha doesn't respect that Jesus who Jesus really is. In fact she doesn't have a revelation of him as the Messiah because she looks at the resurrection as a time somewhere in the future instead of as a person. See the resurrection is a person. And Jesus said to her I am the resurrection and the life. In other words Martha I've been walking around for three years almost now. Raising people, healing people, raising them from the dead. And you haven't caught on yet as to who I am. He says he who believes in me will live even though he dies. So he's breaking this down and explaining it to her. And whosoever lives and believes in me will never die. He said do you believe this? Yes Lord I believe that you are the Christ. <laughs> <laughs> huh? She's not locked in. After she said this she went back and called her sister Mary. And said the teacher is here. He's asking for you. So she's going to see if Mary can work some voodoo. And get Jesus to do something. She ain't sure what but she knows she's out of gas. She's out of steam. So she'll ask Mary to step in there. When Mary heard this she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village but was still at the place where Martha and Mary met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out. They followed her supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there so they're all in this carnal mindset of Lazarus being dead and nothing there's nothing that can be done we might as well just go ahead and mourn so you know she's getting full of drama she's mourned in the house now we got to drag her over to the tomb and let her cry there and you know all over the place when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him she fell at his seat and said Lord if you had been here my brother would not have died Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled he said where have you laid him come and see Lord Jesus wept and the Jews said how he loved him but some of them said could not he who opened the eyes of the blind have kept this man from dying so everybody's into the healing mode and when they don't get healed it's too late to do anything so this is the agreement that they've all come to and they want to blame Jesus for not getting there soon enough or the brother wouldn't have died now this is the thing with religious people they feel that they've earned the right to demand something from God when they have not earned that right Martha Mary Lazarus all family members Jesus loves them he's been at the house before certainly he will come here before he goes any place else because our brother's so sick he's going to die man and so he doesn't why doesn't he do it? Because he's no respecter of persons. He's on a schedule by the Father. He has to do what the Father tells him. But when he hears that Lazarus is sick, he already pulls his spirit out of death and just has it held with him when 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 you pray Jesus begins to minister over that that's not a prayer sitting up there waiting for him to get ready to do something he does it immediately and he ministers over Lazarus's situation by speaking into it and he says this sickness is not into death this is for the glory of God he's not really dead he's sleeping and nobody believes him but he has to carry that anyway And so he says, they're thinking he's weeping because he's mourning too. So they're putting Jesus in the box with everybody else. So that's why he has to bust out of this box. And so Jesus once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord Martha, by this time, here's the hospitality queen again. She wants to make sure everything smells right. Got me? Hospitality people are so appearance conscious. They can't get with anything deeper going on from being concerned about how it looks to everybody, what people are going to say. Uh, you know, uh, don't go in there. Though, my brother's too stinky to come out of there. What are we going to do with the stinky brother? And he says, By this time there is a bad odor. For he has been there four days. Jesus said didn't I tell you. That if you believed you would see the glory of God. So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked up and said. Father I thank you that you have heard me. When did he hear him. This was four days ago. When he was still sick. You got me. So he heard him back then. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people. This here is the bigger picture. That they may believe that you sent me when he had said this jesus called in a loud voice lazarus come out the dead man came out his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth over his face and jesus said take off the grave clothes and let him go in other words he is a healed healthy man now you unwrap your mind from thinking he's dead you participate in this see when he gets people involved in things it's so that they will have a revelation of who he really is they'll look at this man and see he has not been corrupted from the four days he's been in there he's not eaten up by maggots or anything like that why because the day that they asked him to come the death process stopped got me so he wasn't stinking like a four day dead man was he was perfectly intact because when you pray and you believe you receive and he hears and he undertakes from you he stops the illness process he stops the death process he stops the deterioration process everything stops and it goes no further this is how people who have chronic illness will get healed after many many years sometimes they God has held on to them for all that time and if they will hold on to their faith and believe they will see the glory of God because he will not let it go any further than what what you then where you when you made your prayer you know, it doesn't, it's not like, oh, well, we prayed and, and the cancer is advancing. Did you believe you received your healing from that when you prayed? Well, I, 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 they diagnosed me with MS and my symptoms are getting worse. They shouldn't be. If you believed you received, why would Jesus let your symptoms advance and your illness get worse and you've asked him to, to heal you? And you believed you received it. If you've received it your healing is increasing. The illness isn't. The illness is retreating and your healing is increasing. And there will come a day when the total manifestation you will see it. You will see the glory of God. You'll see the end result of your faith. And so Jesus wanted them to know. not only choose the better part but he wants to clear up this religious idea of who he is that he's somebody that you can just invite uh, into your situation and he'll sit there and just have his feet washed and have a meal and go home he wants us to know that he has spiritual things he wants to impart to us these are important things revelations that we need to have of him so we can drop this religious parroting, giving him back something that he's told us in the Bible and we still don't understand it Martha didn't understand anything about who he was hopefully at the end of her brother coming out of that grave and and being intact she did but those are things that Jesus had yet to reveal to them that he wants to reveal And so all of us come with a certain hunger and a desire for things from God. But I'm telling you, he wants to do those things. It's not hard to get Jesus to impart to us. We just need to know to seize that opportunity. When When the Holy Spirit starts moving on you, you know, let's spend some time together. Let's talk about the things of God. Let's get in the Word, whatever it is that you need to do. He starts moving on you to do those. Move in deeper. Ask God to give you everything that you need God don't hold anything back I want to be stripped of all of this nonsense that I picked up over the years all of this stupid phony doctrine and all the stuff I think I've been holding on to that doesn't feed me I want to be fed by you You got me? And allow God to help you to choose that better part and it will change you. It won't be taken away from you ever. It, It won't ever be taken away from you. Amen. It's worth it to choose that part. Amen. Father, we thank you for giving us understanding of making right choices for the things that you want us to receive, Lord. And I thank you, Father, that we can choose always to sit at your feet. Hear what you have to say. Not always have something on our agenda or something we're asking for. But just to know that we can receive from you. And be blessed by you. And we thank you Lord for giving us this invitation to come into your presence. In Jesus name. Amen and praise God. If anybody needs prayer come on.